In every state, the statute of limitations sets a limit on the amount of time a patient has to file a malpractice claim against a healthcare provider. If the plaintiff does not file a lawsuit within this deadline, they lose the right to sue for medical malpractice relating to the incident in question. But there are, however, a few exceptions to this rule that are often missed by doctors. So today we are going to talk about the two frequently overlooked items when it comes to malpractice statute of limitations and what you can do to ensure that you are protected against claims for the long haul. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. If you're new to our channel, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. We release a new episode every week, both on YouTube and your favorite podcast streaming platform, so be sure to like and subscribe to stay connected. All right, let's jump in. Under a standard statute of limitations deadline, the victim of medical malpractice has a certain number of years to file a suit. We have a chart that lists each state's current statute of limitations time period, along with the statute citation for your reference here. As you can see, the range is from one to five years for a malpractice suit to be filed from the time that the patient is made aware of the issue. States like Kentucky, Louisiana, and Ohio have shorter time periods, just one year and states like Minnesota and Maryland have longer time periods, roughly four to five years. If you'd like to download this chart that I'm referencing to see what your state's current statute of limitations rule is, we have it linked for you in the show notes and the description box below. So feel free to grab that free PDF for your files. Whatever the deadline, the statute of limitations clock typically starts running on the date when the alleged malpractice occurred. But most states allow special accommodations to the reporting period when the patient did not know right away and could not reasonably be expected to know that they were harmed by a medical error. So that leads us to our first frequently overlooked item for today's discussion, and that is the discovery rule. The discovery rule is used to extend the reporting time in instances when the injury is not immediately known. If, for example, a surgeon forgets to remove a sponge after surgery, the patient may not know immediately why they are suffering from certain symptoms. Or if a doctor did not promptly diagnose a condition like cancer, the patient may not realize the misdiagnosis for many years. The statute of limitations clock does not begin then until the patient discovers or reasonably should discover the injury. Here's an example. If a mammogram was performed in June of 2021 and the Florida-based patient doesn't discover that she has advanced breast cancer and that the mass was missed by the radiologist for two years, she has until June of 2025 to file her claim. So that's the date of the treatment plus the two years to discover 
plus the two-year statute. This is just to give you an idea of how the discovery statute works, but keep in mind that every case is unique and other factors may come into play that will affect the overall timeline. The second frequently overlooked item when it comes to malpractice statutes is the minor rule. The minor rule is used to extend the reporting time for cases involving children. In most states, the statute of limitations clock does not start until the minor child turns 18. In these instances, minors or their parents or legal guardians have an extended period of time in which they can bring a suit against the healthcare provider. Sometimes a special statute of limitations rule applies to medical malpractice claims brought on behalf of a minor child who is under the age of six at the time of the injury. Usually these are like bad birth injury cases. And in those cases, the state statute of limitations clock usually starts ticking around the age of six. But in stating these general rules for minors and the statute of limitations, just know that calculating the statute of limitations for birth injury, medical malpractice, or infant wrongful death claims is extremely complicated. Specific circumstances can extend the statute of limitations, and sometimes there are even disputes as to which date actually controls for purposes of calculating the statute of limitations. The bottom line for both of these frequently overlooked items, the discovery rule and the minor rule, is that you just can't count on the statute of limitations to be up and that you're completely in the clear when it comes to your long-term protection for your malpractice insurance. So what does that mean for you? Statutes of limitation questions often arise when a medical provider is about to buy tail insurance. It can be tempting to consider buying a limited tail or possibly waiving your tail insurance altogether when you see the price tag. As we've talked about many times before, tail insurance can be pricey. It's typically one and a half to two times your annual premium. Tail insurance can be limited or it can be unlimited. It could be a one year tail, which gives you only one additional year of coverage. It could be a two-year tail, three years, 10 years, or it could be an unlimited tail. Rates will be different depending on the length and the amount of coverage needed. Don't make the mistake of assuming that you have no risk because the clock has run out based on the statute of limitations in your area. Failing to buy tail insurance or buying a limited tail that only provides you with a short amount of time to cover future claims could leave you exposed and cause serious issues for you going forward. So talk to your medical malpractice agent to find out how the discovery rule and the minor rule may affect your long-term professional liability risk. If you have any questions on this topic or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. We have some great episodes lined up for you in the next few weeks. I hope you found this one helpful. If so, could you do me a favor and give us a like and leave a review? And please be sure to subscribe to our show so that you can catch our next installment of Malpractice Insights, where we're dedicated to helping you understand medical malpractice insurance 
and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.